0: Yo, what's going on? <laughs> it's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? Hi. Okay, I have my water. <coughs> it is the night of the solar eclipse. It is 3.40 a.m. You know how we do. Oh, my God. We have so much to talk about. Are you as excited as I am? I hope so. I'm. This is my... It is the middle of the night voice. I'm so sorry about this. I know I sound like I have a frog in my throat. There's just something that happens to my voice after a certain time. I can't control it. It's always been this way. I wake up sounding very different. (laughs) Anyway. So where do we start? Astro World, I guess. This is also what I realized. I feel like when I try to make any sort of a structure of what I'm going to talk about, then I just avoid doing it. Like, that's how much I abhor structure. But when I just, like, come on here and just start talking about whatever the fuck, it's, like, so much fun, and we end up talking about mad shit. But as soon as I'm like, okay, let's talk about this, or let's talk about this, then all of a sudden I feel so confined, and then i just like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't want to do it. Isn't that so crazy? I can completely see how people are so annoyed that that happens. Like, I feel like this is so specifically a Leo trait. It's such a cat thing to be like, I just don't feel like doing this. Because I feel like you, like, I feel like you can pressure yourself into things. And then you just don't get the right product. And like, you can't pressure cats, you know? I feel like oftentimes when we make mistakes, please drink something. It's because we've pressured ourselves into performing within a certain time period that we know we can't do it or, you know, working past our capacity or giving past our capacity, right? Yeah, it was just pressure. So like, no. So we're just going to like random talk about stuff. I love how J-Lo and Ben being together is like just like the ultimate glow up for J-Lo because she's just so happy. God bless her. And like Ben, I don't know what's going on with him, but like detox is rough, huh? Yes, it's going to be that kind of pod. Please drink something. We're getting super hydrated, bitch. We're sipping water throughout. Yeah, he's looking a little dehydrated or something. He looks like he got put in an air fryer or something. I don't know what's going on with Ben. Like, is is he... uh, Ooh. Is it true what they say? That, like, the more men ejaculate, like, the weaker they get? Because he's looking weak, honey. He looks like he's getting the soul sucked out of him. That's, like, the first thing I thought when I saw him. I was like, oh gosh. What happened? Because he's, like, a robust man. (laughs) <laughs> how often do you use those words together he is he's got like a lumberjack frame why he look like that i don't know anyway moving on to another fixed couple what the fuck was astroworld bro first of all that weird frequency that was playing all day before anything even started how could you even stand to be around that frequency i listened to it for like 30 seconds and i still can't get it out of my head it was so strange and annoying and to think that it was playing all day and there were so many people so many kids kids on tiktok recording that strange frequency and being like this has been playing all day for hours and hours what the heck it's like giving me such a headache like it's making people act weird so that happens okay then you know it's one thing to have like crazy imagery right like there have been so many rock bands that do it so I don't want to be I don't want to make this about that necessarily because if we're making it about that then there are a lot of different genres of music that pay homage to the occult or like to that whole you know ascribe to that entire aesthetic of like dark kind of Occulty, satanic shit. Like I get it. Like you know, death metal does it, and there's even something called Norwegian church burning metal. Like, like I get it. I totally get it. Um, that it's like a thing, and it's generally, you know, within a certain age group, kids feel like that, and they are very unsure about religion. It's like I think it's very tied to puberty. Like I'm not surprised that so many kids who are going through puberty really like his music because it is that age where you become a bit ambivalent. No matter how moral of a person you are, you have that hormonal awakening. You realize, like I think there are levels of self-awareness, right? So there's that awareness you reach like one day when you're, I guess, a toddler where you're like, oh, this is me, this is them, or this is how I feel, or whatever it is. And then there's that moment you know, and then you, and then you learn how to read or you learn how to speak and then you become even more aware of like, oh, this is what I sound like and these are the things I say and these are the things I can read. And when I read these things, this is what I think about them, okay? And then you go through these hormonal changes and then you have this another, um, let's say, layer is peeled away from what you can see, you know, from the world around you. And now you're looking at the world through the hormonally adult eyes, right, Um, that you couldn't even conceive of a few years ago. I mean, when, when our hormones start to ramp up, the thoughts we have and the way our focus changes, the way our bodies change, the way our temperament changes, the way our voices change, it's so drastic. Right? There's no way to explain to a child what that's like until they go through it. This is often the reasoning that I use with people when they come to me as a couple and one of them happens to be a Virgo. Because you always have to keep that in mind because that sign, they have conceptualized and theorized what sex is, what a relationship is. They have this idealized image or picture of what it should be, and that image is an amalgamation of things they've seen and idealized throughout their life. I get it, but it's not real. Drink something. Because like a child who has not gone through puberty yet, a virgin has no idea what a sexually committed relationship is. They can wonder about it and guess about it and tell you what they think the perfect version of that would be. But anyone who is having sex knows that the difference between fucking someone and not fucking someone is night and day. Now, how do you explain the subtle nuance that makes a monumental difference in a social interaction between two people before and after they've fucked? How do you explain that to a virgin? Because the thing you're trying to explain, again, we come back to this concept of the ineffable. The connection that is created, I mean, listen, people who are good at it, they can spot it a mile away. Remember in that movie, Gwyneth Paltrow, where she plays the girl who's fucking Shakespeare? And the queen takes one look at her, and the queen can tell she's not a virgin anymore. <laughs> because, because when your body connects with somebody else's body, that leaves an impression on you. I've told you about how Bees know which flowers to land on because they have this kind of vision that's like an electromagnetic grid. And they can see this kind of um, swirl of energy, let's say, around each flower. And the the more bees land on a certain flower, the less of that energy is visible. So they can tell from flying over group of flowers which ones haven't been landed on so much because they still have a lot of that energy swirling around them also this is neither here nor there but the amount of little tiny fruits you see on a raspberry which are their own fruits that are sticking to a larger fruit right which is like a group of those the amount of those tiny little fruits that you'll find on a single raspberry The number is determined and is, and correlates with the amount of times that a bee landed on that flower. How cool is that? It's like the little feet made the little foot. Oh my gosh. I have like no mercy. I'm so ruthless about everything but like little things. Oh little people, babies, children, animals, small things. Oh my gosh. I have such a soft spot. <laughs> I like to play like I don't, but I only do that cuz like it's too much of a soft spot, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, can you just imagine the little bees? Where they put the little figgy, and then raspberries, boom! So cute, anyway. So, yeah, I, I can see like the occulty imagery and everything. He's been doing that weird satanic shit with the flames and all this shit for a while, right? And he's been kind of promoting this crazy almost Jonestown vibe at his fucking concerts for a while where he wants people to just fucking lose their shit. I get it. He's like somewhere between a rocker and a rapper, right? This whole rage thing he's got going. I get it. He's creating a new genre. He's a young kid. He's doing something crazy. The bigger question here is, was that supposed to be much, much worse than it was? was he supposed to take the fall <laughs> did he was he contractually uh, roped into some kind of contractual agreement by oh no not um to to be the fall guy for a for a planned event for some kind of really fucked up thing That was supposed to be gruesome and huge and really just shock the nation and maybe shock the world and perhaps lead to a cascade of reforms or uh, emergency actions. I mean, that may sound alarmist, right? At first listen, you're like, what are you saying? yeah but listen fentanyl is really expensive no i mean i don't know much about it but from what i can tell from the new york uh what was it new york magazine article about how all the cocaine in new york had fentanyl in it and they couldn't figure out how the fuck it was getting into it and it was like giving people what they were saying was called insta aids whenever i reference this article people's fucking eyes bulge out of their heads and i'm like bro this is fucking you can look this shit up like this is actual there is still journalism out there I'm trying so hard not to be condescending anymore, and, like, now that I'm trying not to be, I notice it all the time, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so obnoxious, but see, even that's obnoxious, even being able to admit that you're obnoxious and, like, not have a problem with it is so fucking obnoxious, oh, the spiral, anyway, so... Okay, where was I? Sorry, I just had to put some wood on the fire. And it makes a lot of creaking noises. <coughs> Not very pleasant. Alright, so whenever I reference this New York Magazine article, people freak. Because a few years ago, it turned out that when people were doing cocaine in New York, they were waking up with these intense... Flu like symptoms, and some people were getting really, really sick, like ending up in the hospital sick. And it turned out that the drugs were being cut with something very expensive that was coming in and depressing the entire immune system for like 48 hours. And doctors in emergency rooms had dubbed it an, like an insta-AIDS reaction. In the article, they said that the effect of whatever the cocaine was being cut with, I forget the name of the substance now, It gave you the symptoms of full-blown HIV-AIDS. Not like living with HIV, like full-blown AIDS for two days. And if your immune system could survive that, great. And if it couldn't, you're out. Now, the thing that the article went on to explore that was really odd was that when you followed the drug up the chain, on every tier the additive was still there, going all the way back up the supply chain to the source. So the question becomes, drink something, please. Why would something be cut at the source with a product that is expensive? The whole point to cut a product is to cut it with something cheap so you can create more volume. To cut it with something expensive doesn't make sense. And especially because you're not cutting it with something that's expensive that's going to make it more potent, you're actually just making it dangerous with no upside. So why would an additive that is expensive, dangerous, (laughs) and like dangerous to people but also lethal to your business, right? Why would that be done at the origin level? Now, the article doesn't really give you much of a why. It just kind of tells you what's going on. That, in and of itself, is fantastical enough. Now, I bring that up to link it to what's going on now. A couple months ago, you may have heard, if you have any hip people in your life, that uh, you shouldn't touch any cocaine anywhere in the States. Because there's fentanyl in it. Well, fentanyl is also expensive. <laughs> why would you cut cocaine with fentanyl? That makes no sense whatsoever unless you're just straight trying to kill people. But why? Okay, now let's move to World. So if that one sheriff who works for the L.A. County Sheriff's Department hadn't come out in front of the media and admitted that one of his deputies was stuck with a needle, there was fentanyl in it, he had to be administered Narcan to be resuscitated or revived, which means that he OD'd, which means that somebody stuck him with so much Narcan... That I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm I'm not uh, I'm, I don't think it's funny. I'm it's terrifying. Because what I'm about to show you, the picture I'm about to pay for you is really fucking scary. So like, and I'm assuming, okay, this is this guy is secure like this guy's a deputy sheriff for LA kind of I'm I'm assuming this is like a substantial person. Okay. Somebody stuck him very quickly. In a crowd, knowing that he's a cop, somebody had the guts to stick a cop with enough fentanyl to make him OD on the spot. That, in and of itself, should warrant huge amounts of investigation. Like, what the fuck? That is one tiny detail. And mind you, that is a detail that if I had told you that a week ago, even though it's completely true, if the sheriff hadn't come out and said it, it's so fantastical, you wouldn't have believed me. That would have been one of those crazy things that conspiracy theorists believe, but just just too insane to be true. But, but, But it is true. What the fuck was going on? Like, I know it's easy to get stuck on the... You know, my thing is that whenever any narrative, left, right, extreme, not extreme, is pushed in the popular culture... I can't help but look the other way and look at the other side. Like, okay, this is what you want me to think. And I get it. I see where you're going and I see your point. But that double mind, it want, it, it's also like, but why? Why are you steering me purposefully in this direction? I understand that the direction we're supposed to go in is like, this is all satanic and this is... But my thing is, it's been like that for a while. I don't know if you remember, but, like, last year or two years ago, I posted a picture of him at one of his shows in one of the, like, slides that I did where I put, like, lots of slides, you know? And I was just like, yo, what, this, what the fuck? Like, this motherfucker looks like a straight demon. Like, so that shit is not new. So to, to, to perpetuate that narrative all over TikTok, all over Instagram, all over everywhere, I get it. But, like, nah, Leave that to the side for a second. That's all. That's that's a running theme with him. That's a running theme with him. He didn't do anything out of character with that at all. Not even with hyping the crowd, not even with the fucking stampedes. This is the type of crazy shit that happens at his shows. And for some reason, drink something. For some reason, these, you know, these children, cuz most of them are kids. That's the other thing. I find it crazy that in, like, American media, they insist that, like, Travis Scott's um, fan base is, like, uh, early 20s. No, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's children. It's little kids. It's little, I don't know why they don't want to admit that. It's like it's almost like if you admit that, then you'd have to change things a little because maybe you shouldn't, you know, if you got 10-year-olds listening to and idolizing you, maybe you shouldn't be talking about being the highest person in the room. But But anyway, I don't care. You're an artist. Do whatever the fuck you want. But there is some reason why you're not, you know, allowed to say what's true about what your demographic really is anyway. Okay, so the narrative that's being pushed is like, get lost, get obsessed and get lost in this strange world of guesswork about the satanic and occult. And is that what really happened? And oh my God, what really happened? Was it a sacrifice? And was it a ritual? And was it a, I mean, first of all, Not to be that person. But everything is a ritual, huh? Everything. Everything. You know where, like, as Muslims, we're not supposed to, like, drink something, eat something before first saying bismillah ar rahim? You have to. Because you have to bless the thing. Because everything is a ritual. Everything is an energy exchange. That's why I am so weary of rituals. I'm weary of it because because... The everyday movements of your life, eating, standing, drinking, sitting, sleeping, these are so steeped in ritual and have so much energy. So how much more energy does it have when you purposefully light a candle for something or, you know, wrap something around something else? Ooh, that's a lot of energy, fam. And then you gotta like wonder, you know, someone lighting candles for you because that's how it works. If you're doing it, somebody's doing it to you. If you're like wrapping some shit, is someone wrapping some shit around? Like I can't. You know, like I can't. <clears throat> for reals. So yeah, it was it a ritual? Yeah. Everything is a ritual, first of all. Now add to it that it's like a sonic, you know, event. So it's even more easy to manipulate. Like I said, there was this frequency playing all day that was making people really uneasy. Right? I don't think that has anything to do with Satanism. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like straight ops. Like, that's the shit you do that, that like, the, the, the spooks do to, you know, disorient you. That's, like, straight, like, interrogation shit. Because cause if you play some shit over and over again, like, the brain gets tired. It fatigues you and it makes you very suggestible and it makes you irritable and violent. And, and you know, it destabilizes you, right? Because we're vibrational beings, vibration is the only thing keeping us together so you start fucking with our vibration long enough we start to fucking come apart at the seams and that shit if you go and look up that sound that that was that's the most disturbing thing out of everything that's the thing that's like stuck in my head like why like yo why all day with that sound like that all day these little kids running around listening to this fucked up sound just this like what the fuck so yeah, was it a ritual? Of course it was. But everything is a fucking ritual, first of all. But why is that what's being pushed? When there are actual real, like let me use my like analytical rational Gemini brain for a second, there are real questions here, logistical issues and also uh you know, crimes there are huge crimes that have been committed why are we not focusing on the shit that's right in front of you no but the ritual shit is right in front of you too yeah but it's been in front of you it's been in front of you what about dude who got od'd what about the other people they reported that were stuck with the with the needles But how about this? Let's go further than that. What about all the people that were there that were taking video that you can find easily and it's showing mad people passing out, mad people fucking up, mad people like weirding out, but then they're telling us only like eight people died. Why were so many people going into cardiac arrest? Okay, it was very, very crowded to the point where people were fainting. I get it. But then you get this guard saying, you know, Somebody stuck me and I OD'd. And then you have them saying, oh, but other people were stuck too. What it feels like to me is that certain people were immobilized so that the crowd momentum could turn into a frenzy and a bunch of people could end up getting killed at once. And it couldn't be controlled because the people who were kind of there to corral and control would be fucking, you know, ODing. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like somebody was using that event, like a like a terror attack, like to create like a, like a like a like a, a tragedy, you know. Like they put like Travis Scott on the slab, like he was the one that was gonna take it, for the team. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Like honestly, if you're not from New York, like, I don't even know what to say to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have not been prouder of being from New York than I have since this whole fucking bing Bang. Like, yo, exactly. Fuck your life. Like, yo, exactly. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, like, literally, if you walk around New York, I swear, that's like the one thing you're gonna hear more than anything else. Like New York is like, just stay telling you like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you ask us advice, like, our advice is so specific because we live in this fucking bubble called New York City. So, like, if you, like, if some motherfucker from, like, Wisconsin asks you some shit, you're like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, go to the corner store and get it. Yo, motherfucker, there's no corner store. I don't know what to tell you. Where do you get yours? At the bodega? (laughs) What is that? I don't know how to explain this to you. Like, it's so specific and I know of course every city is specific every city has different things but like we're such a motherfucking fishbowl but we just happen to be a fishbowl made out of like baccarat crystal you know what I mean we're the fishbowl with all the fancy fucking diamonds and the rocks in it and we're all just swimming around it and everyone's looking and going what the fuck is going on in there but we have no idea because everything, you know, all the light that gets to us is refracted through this beautiful crystal. Like we're just in there in this like little bubble paradise of style and fashion and culture. And regardless of what people say, like, yes, the crime is terrible. Yes, New York City is intensely dangerous. Again, do not believe the fucking hype. No matter what people tell you, it's not a good time to visit New York. It's not a good time to be walking around in New York. It's not a good time. It's fucking dangerous to share right now. I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, for real, for real. Like, in my neighborhood, like, literally on the street. Like, ta, Like, gunshots in the street, fam. Gunshots on 103rd and Broadway. Uh, in the middle of the day. 3.15 in the afternoon. Like, I can't. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. But why are we not talking about like there was mad other shit going on fam what happened to all the other people that people said were dying and passed out everywhere where are those people what happened to all the other people that were stuck with the fentanyl who's keeping track of these people where's the follow-up what's going on how is this all getting so like covered up and what's all this like oh man What kind of like Rupert Murdoch vibes are we like what's going on where there's an enormous amount of censorship for one thing but also like is no one more worried yes like the whole see you on the other side and like the weird shit it's all very nefarious I got you but again that I'm just like willing to give him that maybe that's just his fucking aesthetic bro some people are like that but like where is the due diligence on the part of like the law You know, it's so funny because in Hollywood, they make the cops look like their only job is to fucking, you know, fight the bad guys and fight crime. Like every fucking movie or every narrative that we ever see out of fucking Hollywood is like cops are all about fighting crime. Meanwhile, that's like not their job at all. Like at all. Their job is literally to protect property. god (laughs) anyway like where's the police like I know this sounds really like childish but also like where's the police where's the due diligence where are the people who are like Looking like searching, you know, book'em Dano. Like, where's the motherfucker with the fucking notepad? Like, where's Robert Muller? By the way, I would marry Robert Mueller. Anyone who works his whole life just so he can pick up the phone and say homicide Muller. Yes, you are my type of man. Like, where's the where's the homicide dude? Like on the fucking prowl trying to figure out who fucking stuck this motherfucker with the fentanyl. Yo, we wanna know what type of ill shit is going on out here. There's fentanyl in the cocaine. This f- like, yo, what? And who has that kind of money? That's the other thing. Listen, that's the scary part. You think this shit is scary. You think the Astro shit world shit is scary. Uh, oh, his t-shirt. Uh, uh, uh. Listen, you know what's fucking terrifying? Who's funding all this? I want to know who's actually buying the fentanyl. Hmm like who's signing that check? And for why? Like what is the point? I don't get it. I don't get it. It feels very ooh, it's spooky, you know? It's spooky. It's not spooky like Satan's spooky. Like you guys are like uh, like trying to track it that way. It's spooky like way spookier. It's way spookier because I'm a firm believer and, like, whatever's going on between God and the devil, like, they're, like, that's their beef, right? But, like, I'm not one to give power to things that I don't, like, fuck with. So, like, I don't even... I'm not trying to acknowledge or fuck with the other side. Like, I'm just repping for my team. And my only job here is not to embarrass my creator. I'm just here to do everything I can to make sure that my team wins period point blank there is nothing else to do here there is nothing else this is a fun sandbox and i get that there's a lot of toys in it and i love that but honestly like i was never that person anyway like even when i was playing i would turn that shit into a business like even like i'm just that i'm just like i love to play okay or whatever but it's it's always got to be productive for me so like Yes, life is fun. Yes, the world is fun. Yes, consciousness is super fucking fun. And there are a lot of toys and they are and, and they can really consume you and they're beautiful and I appreciate them all. And whatever uh point you're at in your life with any of those experiences or any of those connections, I salute you. But At the end of the day, it's just a bunch of fucking toys in a sandbox. And there's a greater, you know, purpose, at least for me, there is. And that purpose isn't some lofty thing. It's very simple. Like you rep your team and you don't fucking embarrass your team. You know, so you live, you live right. And when you show up, you show up properly, and you look right and you do right and you speak right and you move right and and you become a shining example that that your creator that the leader of your team can be proud of you know you become one more teaspoon on a cosmic scale tipped on the right you know tipping to the right side and that's it and that's all And all the rest of this shit is just fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. It's beautiful, you know. I love it. I love it for you. I love it for me. I'm sitting here looking at two pieces of glass that I can't get over. I look at them constantly. I've been looking at them for days. Just can't get over it. So fucking beautiful. Just can't get over it. I love it. I love it for me. I love it for you. But it's still all fucking bullshit. (laughs) Sometimes that's hard for like, you know, that's a concept. Like, for example, for dudes, it's very difficult. Because they want you to be like all like sprung. They want you to like love them. But then also you got to be attached to them. Because to them, they're going to fuck with you and fuck with you and fuck with you and give you everything you want until they feel that attachment. Because that's what their insecure asses need to like then feel, you know, safe. It's just that they don't realize it themselves that they're setting themselves up because as soon as they feel safe, they get bored, right? Men have been trained now and coddled to want to feel safe. Whereas this is probably the first time in our evolution that that's what men expected life to be like. I think it's always been taken for granted throughout history that men expected life to be really fucking dangerous. And it was, and they were fine with it because that was the fucking trade-off, right? So... Now that men expect to be really super comfortable, and not be in any danger at all, the idea of being around someone who is either non-committal or is very comfortable with the temporal nature of anything and everything, and almost perhaps rejoices in that brevity, right? Right? Well that's a very unsafe space for them they don't feel space they they don't feel safe at all there right They feel actually very much in danger there. Their egos feel very much in danger because if this person in front of me that everything in my biology and everything in my upbringing my culture is telling me should be deeply attached to me, is telling me that experiences come and go. Feelings come and go, beauty comes and goes, aesthetics come and go, life comes and goes, energy comes and goes, and it's all just a big dance and you got to be okay with all parts of it. You got to embrace all parts of it and and celebrate all parts of it and be okay with all parts of it. You know, that's not what that person in front of you is hearing. If they've been raised in the patriarchy and happen to be a cisgendered man, what they're hearing is, all they're hearing is, I don't fucking need you. The temporal nature of the world no longer stands as an obstacle between me and life just because I have a vagina. That time has ended. I don't need you. But, and however, let's not get ahead of ourselves because what we also don't want to do is play ourselves. So I may give off the vibe of i don't need you but it's only if i really don't need you if i actually need you i'm not gonna play myself i'll tell you that and it's also a good idea to have a bunch of those cisgendered men around for when all this shit falls apart and they need to get acclimated again to being in danger and be out here either fighting or foraging or whatever the fuck they're gonna have to be doing because they're gonna have to be doing some shit now moving on, I had an interesting conversation with a Danish friend today, and she was talking about what are we gonna do if they make if they mandate, if they if they make it compulsory, where are we gonna go? And you know, it was the first time in a long time that I felt such a swell of pride being an American. Cause I was like, yo, we'll just go to Texas. And she was like no, but what if it gets mandated everywhere, like in the world? And I was like, but that's just not gonna work in Texas. And she was like, Well, how do you know? And I was like, Because it's sexist. And she was like, well, What does that mean? And I was like, Yo, like they never even signed the paper to ratify to be in the union. These motherfuckers are still not in the union. Do you understand how gangster this shit is? Like, gangster. And then on top of that, and I was like, And and some of you don't like it when I talk about this. And I'm sorry. This has been my i have always been pro-gun always 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 i will always be pro-gun you will never talk me out of it i don't give a fuck like no i don't want to hear it no 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 i'm sorry just and you know what it's like moments like this because then she said well what about other places do you think that they can like mandate it and then force you like you know come into your homes or whatever?" i said Listen, the difference between here and Denmark, the difference between Denmark, between here and the U.S. is that we have guns, honey. And she was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, we have guns. <laughs> I mean that there is a balance of fear between the government and its people. Like, and I told her, I said, you have to realize you live in a monarchy. Listen, you could parliament and prime minister me to death if you want to, but y'all still have a queen. And most of these motherfuckers over here do. You don't. You can't even begin to understand the culture in which we live. I'm sorry. You can see it from the outside. It may look like a movie to you. It may feel like a movie. Like I told you, that bouncer in that in that spot in Amsterdam outside that jazz club. He said, "Oh, you're a New Yorker. I can tell from your accent." Yeah, I went to America once. I got out of the airport. I walked to the airport. It was just like walking into a movie. Word, word. You know what that is. You know what that feeling is when you're coming out of a monarchy, when you're coming out of thousands of years of feudalism and crossing that pond and you land in America, you walk out of the airport and you walk into a movie. You know what that movie's called? That movie has a motherfucking name. That name is Freedom. And not no fucking clown from over here or there who gets four years or gets his shot at fucking shit up is ever going to be able to take that these these old white men can fuck up all they want they can't they can't they can't shake that republic they can't because it's founded on something good and i always say this whenever people get a little too ahead of themselves here in europe i always say that like yo you gotta chill whatever you happen to think of america let's not forget what america is america is the great fucking shining hope that y'all were never able to pull off okay We're a motley mix. I'll give you that from everywhere, from every corner of the world. But how come we rep this fucking gang so much then? How come you got fucking Romanians, like third generation, proud to be a fucking American? You got Italians more American than Americans, than, than, you know, Midwesterners. You got every type of American. You you got Mexicans love being Americans. Like, why? Why? Because... This idea that that the right wants to hijack. This idea that the the poor whites were fed and they tried to monopolize, but they can't. Okay, This idea, this ethos, this is something magical. (laughs) The idea that a group of people could escape for whatever reason from a system where they basically had no value and no rights... And that they could create, albeit on the backs and with the blood of the innocent. Now we're talking just purely philosophically. They were able to create a system of governance, that, albeit, again, extremely flawed, but centered around this ethos of freedom from tyranny simply put and the founding fathers were very clear on that specific wording tyranny freedom from tyranny and when we look across the pond at y'all that's what we see y'all see like a queen in her hat in her little fucking carriage and shit we see tyranny because the guy on the top may be a clown okay we get it and there may be a guy on top of him who's running a multinational corporation and that guy is actually the one pulling the strings okay we get that too but you don't understand what you're psychologically living under because because no one is a fool we all know that there's a guy behind the guy behind the guy just like y'all know that there's a chick behind the chick behind the bitch behind the bitch we get it we get it we all know that we're not stupid But the optics and what it's doing to you on a psychological level, like y'all live in a country that has a queen, that has a palace, family, of course you're worried they gonna bust down your fucking door and put some shit in your arm. Of course you are. Of course you are. Now ask somebody American. Listen, I laughed at her. I was like, no, that's never going to happen. She was like, how do you know? And I was like, because it's America. And she was like, well, what does that mean? I was like, we have guns. You can't just come up here and do whatever the fuck you want. No, no, no. Shoot out. Pow, pow. Like, bro, no. You see, it's built into us. It's like you know what i can equate it to (laughs) and you see this especially in people of color immigrants people of color that are american we really irritate the people from our native places okay and i'll tell you i'll tell you how it is you ever meet somebody who's from like a culture like an adopted kid who was raised like a white kid right you ever meet like a korean person or a black person or a hispanic person who was adopted or or an indian person a sri lankan person who was adopted and then raised by a white family and they had like a super good upbringing like very like loving whatever upbringing and they and they act like they're white do you understand what i mean by that they're like very positive they're very confident but also they have this like kind of quiet entitlement about them, right? Because they've been raised in white culture with white parents and they've been kind of around the whiteness so much that they've picked it up. You ever you ever been around somebody like that? Okay. So that's how people from our cultures back home and other places like even the desi people in the UK, they're kind of irritated by American desi people. Or like Every culture, like Jamaicans are irritated by New York Jamaicans. Puerto Ricans are irritated by New York Puerto Ricans. Well, I don't know if there's any distinction there, to be fair. Um, because this Americanness, it gives you this brashness that other cultures find really irritating because it's something that you have to be, like the example I gave you of someone who's born into a, you know or, or grow, is reared in a culture that's not their own and they pick up the attributes of it. People from our back home native places see us and they see the American defiance in us. Remember in Dune when she says the defiance in the eyes, like his father, right? It's and and he's such a fantastic actor. And if you thought somehow I wasn't gonna work Timothy Chalamet into this, you do not know me well enough. It's it's the talent for me. Because he is playing into that defiance in the eyes from the moment you see him because he knows that line is coming up okay and and beautifully done on the part of the director that scene with the box where the defiance is first mentioned is the first scene that chalamet shot for the film so he was able in that scene to establish what then he goes around here and there beginning and everywhere and peppers through and reinforces that defiance in the eyes his acting is so nuanced it is so layered and the craziest part is it's so intuitive that we can see it we can break it apart like that but he doesn't even know he's doing it like that and you know why fucking capricorn discipline years and years and years of Learning, training, but most of all, Capricorn shit right here, doing it. Doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it until it's like a fucking reflex. It's a muscle. You could just use it. You know, like the Russians, they just like make you make do that one hit. The tennis, the Russian tennis instructor, you just move your arm in this one way, over and over and over, because it's gotta get into your muscle memory, it's gotta get into your subconscious. This kid has perfected his craft from such a young age with so much drive and so much discipline that now he's doing it like he fucking breathes is so fucking effortless bruh but that defiance that's what that's what america has that's what america has on everybody else that's what it is that makes it feel like a fucking movie. You know why it feels like a fucking movie? Because it's the fucking wild fucking West, bro. Everywhere you go, no matter what state you're in, we got the right to say whatever the fuck we want. And if someone tries to stop us, we're going to we're gonna fucking sue you. We're going to fucking blast you in the media. We got guns. We got like, like what? We can worship whatever we want. We could wear whatever we want. We could go wherever we want. We could say whatever we fucking want. And yet somehow we manage to live around each other and not self-destruct every day. I mean, I love that people like to point out how much violence there is. But considering how many freedoms we have, I'm surprised there is not more violence. Considering that we're allowed to do basically whatever the fuck we want. like Think about the fucking the oil rush think about the texas oil rush that hold there will be blood that does some wild shit that in america you could just like buy a fucking spot and just start digging into the earth and be like oh boom instant billionaire like, like <laughs> i mean again built on the backs of you know on 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 built bathed in blood and built on the backs of the innocent like i get it but still, like, look at the concept. This shit is fucking wild. Of course it feels like a fucking movie. Because where else can you legitimately, like, it's not, that's the thing. Like, that's what people don't get until they actually get to New York. Like, you think this whole, like, bing bang, like, all this shit, you think that, that maybe there's, like, a little sauce on this. This is just, like, everyday fucking life. That motherfucker with the fucking construction hat on talking about Ariana, call me, I miss you. Yo, the way that I laughed when I saw that shit, the way that I fucking laughed when I saw that shit, you know why? Because this is the most douchebag fucking New York dude thing to do. Yo, call me, I miss you. Motherfucker, I don't know who you are. What are you talking about? You miss me. Like, it's the, it's, I have a New York dude in my comments on YouTube right now talking about, yo, it's been a minute, I miss you. Yo, what is this? Yo, the way I fell out when he said that. Because you can even say in the you could see in the way that he's saying it that it's just so he's so full of shit. You know what I'm saying? He's so full of shit. Like, what are you sir? What are you even saying right now? But anyway. The thing is, you could think drink something. That's an exaggeration, whatever. No! Is the reason it feels like the fucking a movie is because it's literally the fucking wild wild west. People think the wild wild west was like relegated to some time period a long time ago where there was an economic boom somewhere, and so a civilization grew up around it, and there was no law because the industry was moving so fast, money was coming in so fast that people were going to places that were not habitable, and they were kind of forcing the elements into becoming habitable and having to be around each other when they were all just fucking greedy and, and, and also fighting for survival, right? Fight, fighting with an extremely dangerous indigenous population that was kicking their ass. Like, But but tell me how that's any different than now. You still, that aggressive need to survive and push back and fight against everything that is actively trying to kill you that's just a mechanism of capitalism i think but you know what that's the price that's the price you pay for having all those freedoms of being able to say whatever the fuck you want whenever you want and being able to carry whatever the fuck kind of gun wherever the fuck you want to carry it whenever the fuck you want to carry it of being able to shoot someone if they fucking come onto your property yo when i figured out that in denmark that shit isn't true i was flabbergasted what do you mean i can't shoot someone on my property what do you mean what son why are you on my property and yeah i get it i get that we have those laws because of the ranchers in texas but once again and this may sound strange to you but god bless texas because yeah why are you here can i help you like as a woman i'm just asking like why can't i Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's a wild place, but that is what freedom looks like. Freedom is wild and it is, you know, in a wild place. Survival is what is driving you. This is where this idea of the concrete jungle comes from, right? You are constantly either being hunted or on the hunt, But you're free. Now, having spent a lot of time in a socialist country where that drive to survive and and the, the feeling that there is no net underneath you just does not exist here, I can tell you that it makes for a completely different temperament. And most of the men that I know, and albeit these are mostly cisgendered white men in positions of high corporate power they can't stand the scandinavian mentality because they find it to be lazy they find it to be they i mean they think that scandinavians do excellent work don't get me wrong scandinavians have excellent reputations when it comes to being skilled and highly educated and diligent and good at their work it's not that it's something else it's there is a complacency like If you got a Danish dude working for you and like, let's say he's a programmer and you really need to roll something out and you have three days and if this motherfucker just stays through the night and pushes through with you and works with you, you guys will get this done and it'll be fine. There is a high chance that he's going to be like, yeah, you know, I've stayed for quite some time now and now I have to go. because i need sleep and to any person sane person that's listening to you me right now is like yeah well that's normal yes that's normal but not if you're american not if you're japanese not if you're korean not if you're indian not if you're like there are certain cultures where if you it's sink or swim right so So if it's sink or swim, like you don't have time to sleep because you're in a sink or swim moment and that's just what it is. And it makes you very rough and tumble and it gives you really hard edges. But, you know, and again, New York is a great example of this because it is the quintessential immigrant city. Hard edges are fucking gorgeous. Hard edges and hard angles are fucking gorgeous and they're really fucking interesting. And it makes for really interesting people who are substantive instead of this sort of coddled, uh, complacent, sure, I'll go along with whatever rights you deem I should have and I'll give up whatever you think I shouldn't have as long as you keep giving me my fix of things that I don't have to go and get for myself. You know, Whenever you have to realize, and again, this is an anarchist speaking, please keep that in mind. Whenever the state is giving you things, please don't think that it's for free. <laughs> it Sure, it's free healthcare, but the amount of control that you have handed over to an institution who, quite frankly, doesn't give a fuck about you is crazy because now you have become dependent on something that they are providing and that they could to be perfectly honest, take from you whenever the fuck they want I think they're talking here in Denmark about how if you're not vaccinated and you get sick, you got to pay your own medical bills. But hold up because the people, God forbid, somebody who lives here got sick here and they weren't vaccinated They still paid 40% of their fucking tax, you know, 40% of their their paychecks to taxes so they could have that free health care. So how come now you feel like you could take it from them just because you understand what I'm saying? Like nothing is free. Nothing that the state does for you is ever a fucking favor. Everything with the state is transactional. And you have to treat it as such. And that's why, at least to me, to people like me, to people like Noam Chomsky, to people like Cornell West, anarchy becomes very palatable because if everything is a fucking transaction, if that's what we're doing then leave me to it and let me have my transactions with the people around me and let's all break up into little tiny city-states that can stand each other and we'll go back to fucking Sparta and Greece and Rome and Athens and all of us fucking fighting each other and, and then getting together and having games and getting along and doing this shit. I mean, it's better than what the fuck we're doing right now. Like, what the fuck are we even doing right now? And by the way, this this shit that they did at CERN, you can't tell me that they didn't fucking break reality you have felt it in your own life how many times has your reality glitched lately tell me about it how many times you thought you turned something on you go back that shit isn't on how many times you turn on the washing machine you 100% know you turn on the washing machine and you go back that shit is not on and there's no soap in it clothes are dry Tell me, tell me, how many times you see the same animal? How many times you think you start the car, the cars? How many times you think you turn the car off, the cars? Now, I know, I hear you screaming right now. I hear you hitting the steering wheel. I hear you fucking clapping your hands. I know you know what I'm talking about. How many times recently have you walked into a room and been like, what the fuck is that thing doing here? When did I open those blinds? What's going on here? Mmm. But you know... The fact that we made it and turned it on means that we always made it and always turned it on and always fucked this shit up. And we got far enough into the future to be able to use the fact that we turned it on to come back and try to fix this shit. And every time they keep sending people back to a monkey style and try to fix this shit, they fuck it up even more. Now let's talk about how there's only 12 people on earth. But before I do that, I got to go get some more water. So you need to hold on. And we're back. So on a completely unrelated note to what I said I was going to talk about, I just wanted to mention that my house right now, mashallah, mashallah, looks like I robbed a florist, which made me laugh because I remember that movie with Christian Slater when I was a kid where he was a florist and he keeps buying these like weird gray roses for this girl and he's all, like, awkward and bizarre for some reason. I forget what's wrong with him, but maybe it's, like, he's dying or she's dying or something. I don't know. Remember that whole rash of movies in the 90s where, like, the bitch was dying? (laughs) And then, like, in the 2000s, they made a bunch where, like, the dude was dying? Nice. Nice. And that made me think about flowers, and I think it was in the Sagittarius reading that I was talking about how, you know, you really do show people how to treat you and give them a blueprint and give them a whole instruction manual by just living and being how you are with yourself. You may not notice that they're doing it, but you know that you do it when you meet someone you notice all these small things about them and all of those small things come together and it happens really quickly and definitely under your uh, consciousness, right? It's not happening consciously. But you notice a bunch of things and based on those observations, you make an assessment. I'm doing something please So when someone first starts hanging out with you they're doing the same thing and you may not realize that you're doing it and they may not realize they're doing it but what you're doing is you're learning you're learning from how someone is treating themselves Uh, you're learning how to treat them as well, and everything around you is a reflection of how you treat yourself. So, for example, you know if you really, really like the idea of being with a person who brings you flowers, my first question is going to be, do you bring yourself flowers? How is this person? who doesn't know you very well at all, considering how long you've been alive, how are they supposed to just magically know you like flowers? Well, because all people like flowers. No, that's not necessarily true. Some people really dislike flowers or like having flowers in their house. How is someone gonna know what to do for you, get you to make you happy, to make you smile, to make you stop being upset, if they haven't watched you reward yourself and soothe yourself and pamper yourself. You know, if you start viewing the way that you treat yourself as sort of an advertisement for a way of life, you never have to try to convince anyone of anything. You just keep radiating and being who you are. Hmm. Okay. Now, there are only 12 people on the planet. A lot of people have been asking, can you please talk about this? I'm not sure if I have a lot to add here. That concept in and of itself seems so radical. I don't know what I could say that would be crazier than that. But I do understand it. Maybe what it means, what instinctively comes to mind for me, is that perhaps there are 12 avatars, 12 base realities, and we're all playing... um, We're all playing, like, one big game, interacting between those 12. Like, maybe each one of those 12 is a singularity. And then there are different versions of you and your different versions of them coming down the pipeline all the time. Hmm. I told you we were going to ramble. I just rambled into like a rabbit hole of thought and just left you guys for a second. Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. All right. It is now 6 a.m. the morning of the eclipse. Welcome. We're still out here. Okay. So 12 people on the whole planet, 12 people in, 12 people actually jacked into the simulation. I can believe it. 12 people having a probably 12 billion person experience. (coughs) Excuse me, maybe it's not an infinite experience simulation. Maybe every person who gets to play gets to be a billion people. And maybe the signature of you is so strong that all these different versions look like you. Maybe that's why so many people look alike, but more than that, I don't know if you've noticed this. You see it a lot with Geminis. See it a lot with Virgos. You ever noticed how like, even when the signs don't look alike, they kind of look alike? You ever notice? how much they have in common Gemini's all kind of look alike kind of like praying mantis looking in the arms square jaws very mouthy the eyes are very lively you know like Marilyn Monroe and Angelina Jolie don't necessarily look alike, but they do. And interestingly, even though they don't necessarily look alike, they were both in their time, in their prime, however you want to say it, considered to be the bombshell beauty, not the classic beauty, not the girl next door who makes you feel comfortable, not the over-sexualized, you know, mm. even though they may have started off that way, over-sexualized filler girl, you know. No, they both managed to become something else. They both managed to transcend that filler role where it could have just as easily been about their bodies and instead they used society's perception of them and they used what is usually a negative uh, when women are extremely beautiful They use that as a power instead of as something with which you could victimize them. They flipped it. Both Geminis, both bombshells, both doing the same thing in different time periods. I think this is the key. I think the reason that we gravitate towards things like tarot and astrology and Shakespeare, and all the different archetypal, you know, mythology, and especially Greek mythology, I think the reason we resonate so hard with it is because we're reading stories about ourselves. We're reading stories about because we obviously are an iteration of one of those 12, right? So we're reading stories about ourselves. And all the heroic, cool, fucking dope things we've done. And it is exhilarating and exciting, and and it's funny because what does that mean art is? That means art isn't necessarily something made up out of nowhere. Art is an experience that is being recorded, some version of you somewhere is having that experience and somehow you are tapping into your group consciousness with all these other beings like you that all make up together that one out of 12 and you're channeling something from somewhere that some version of you is seeing or hearing or blah 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 maybe that's what it means to pick things out of the ether It's not really the ether, it's your hive mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your hive mind consisting of all the different versions of your avatar, one of 12. Right? So all the different Geminis, all the different Aries, etc., It's interesting. It's um. Well, you see it in Beyonce and Keanu Reeves. Same thing. Coincidence. Both Virgos don't really look alike, but they do. They both have very magnetic eyes and very specific eye shapes. Uh, they both have not necessarily a perfect nose um mercurial signs the mercurial signs are always a little bit off because mercury moves so fast but it's like the broadness or in his case and the slight kind of tilt in her case of the nose it's like it makes them even prettier So Virgos are that sign that even what in anyone else would have seemed like a defect in them just makes them even more attractive. So they both have that. They both have this almost um, still quality to their beauty where it stills you, it stuns you, right? Drink something, please. You are for a moment, when they turn it on, when they got that outfit on, when they're doing their thing, where they, you are for a moment stunned by them. Both Virgos, both doing this kind of super dominating, right? Selling the whole package thing. Like Beyonce's not just a singer. She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's a performer. She's an artist. She's a director. She's a, Right? she's a she's a beauty she's a beauty she's a she's an icon right he's not just an actor he's a physical actor he does all these kind of weird right things and then he's got this like company and he's building these bikes and he's making ketchup and he's doing all this like it's not as diverse as what she's doing but there is this quality to virgos where they want to be. They really want to excel in many areas of their life. They're not comfortable just being good at one thing. If they're going to be good at something, they want to be good at all aspects of that thing, if that makes sense, right? So it's not just about being in films, for example. It's also about loving filmmaking and being involved in that process down to even loving film the actual film itself. You understand what I mean? Again, two people who, if you look to them, you say, well, how can you say that these two people look alike? And what I'm saying is, it's not always necessarily about them looking alike. It, there's just this similarity. And, and what kind of video game would it be if every version of you looked like you? Like That would be hella odd right? And not at all fun. I think what's cool about this is that there is something holding us all together in these groups, because we're like one person playing all these billions of roles. But, and and we know it, but you can't see it just from looking at us. And you know that thing about the uncanny valley? You heard that? The thing about how, like, when they first made Shrek's wife, Fiona, um, they had to change her animation because it was too realistic, and it, it, like, it dropped kids into that uncanny valley place where something looks too human, but it's not human, and it just, like, really creeps you out. And, like, when they tested Shrek, all these kids were, like, screaming and crying because they were, like, having that uncanny valley moment. For some reason, that's been, like, really on my mind, right? I've just been thinking a lot about it. And I think I figured it out today. I think the reason we have that... They say that we have that, you know, and then the question that they're asking on, like, conspiracy TikTok is, like, oh, do you think we have that? Because at one point, we lived amongst people who look like us, but weren't us, and we were afraid of them. Um, I think... It's more like we've been seeded from the future. We've been brought back from the future and seeded into the past uh, to hopefully rectify whatever the fuck we did that fucked everything up, prompting, prompting people to go back into the past. And I think that we have an inborn fear because of what our species has been through um i think we have a a deep seated fear of uh androids that look human i think the uncanny valley thing is not that there was a time where there was something that looked like us and it was really dangerous and we were afraid of it and we killed it or that that refers to neanderthals or no i i don't think that I have this, like... And, and now I'm just... I'm legitimately rambling. It is 6.11 in the morning. Um, I genuinely feel... Like we, like, pushed this thing to the max. Like, nineteen ninety Bill Clinton style. Pushed it to the max. Uh, did all the shit. Made all the shit. Brought all the AI online. And you know, fucked everything up. And then had to kind of like try to retrace using technology to see if there was a way to like stop that inevitable end. I think the uncanny valley is a remnant of that. That time that we know instinctively somewhere inside we're like, robots fuck you up. Also, the thing about like Zuckerberg and that woman looking alike, I don't think that has anything to do with what we're talking about with like the 12 people. I think I think they're both just androids. I mean, Bill Gates said 10 years ago that all his money was in robotics and that he wanted a robot in each home like within the next five years or something. Hmm. I don't know (laughs) I don't know I mean he doesn't look human at all he definitely looks like a robot right I just oh man it's not the way he looks it's the creeps vibes for me and then she's just I don't know there's only so much that can be wrong with someone see it's really late I'm tired now I'm gonna start being mean for no reason But there's just, like, like pick a struggle. Like, between the hair and the fucking foundation and the colors she wears, this bitch be washing herself out or up there looking like the fucking Sgt. Pepper's, like, Lonely Hearts Club. This bitch be all over the place. The hair just be so orange. And then the fucking foundation be, like, some color, like, cool taupe or some shit. Like, bitch, you look like a fucking walking 1970s like living room like just go away like do something with yourself somebody first of all fix that bitch's hair i mean honestly okay now i'm in the mood because now i'm like irritated when i (laughs) okay now let's talk about pete davidson and kim kardashian why are y'all all using this dude for his dick Like, if y'all, if a bunch of dudes were running through a girl like this, y'all would not think it was funny. Y'all would not be all, you go, girl. Like, first of all, can we cut it out with that? That's a fucking grown woman with fucking kids that are close to getting grown as well. And some of those kids are nowhere near being grown as well. We don't need to encourage her to go run through like, the fucking you know the big dick dude in high school like the thing is that she went to an all girls school so she doesn't like i did she went to Marymount. i went to Marymount. like i get it like she doesn't even know that dynamic that in like co-ed schools there is that one like doofy guy that if you like combed this fucking hair and put him in cool clothes he'd probably be kind of cute and has like a huge dick. And all the girls fuck him. The ones that admit it and the ones that don't admit it. You know? Like, but why y'all... Okay, here's my question. Why y'all having the high school... What's the... Why the high school thing still? Like... <clears throat> you became a billionaire off of kanye's cool because this genius introduced you to like colors like charcoal and sand hooked you up with his supply chain for your fucking clothing company hooked you up with all his vendors right hooked your whole shit up gave you a whole vision of how to basically make a billion dollars off of selling like nude tights okay like like he's right what does gaga know about film you know like she makes pretty good music but like what the fuck does she know about felt like nothing like kanye gets it and kanye helped you get it and now you got it but 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 baby you got to maintain it because if you think that you could just hold on to it the way that it is without it turning into cheesy town now that my man's is gone you're wrong Because even the latest photo shoot you did with the opal perfume, like, I was bugging. Like, that bottle looks cheap. You look like you were holding something made of plastic. And the photo was lazy. And you could see the little seam in the bottle, and it just looked terrible. And, like, I'm sorry to be that person, but, like, Kanye would never have let that fly. His eye would have caught that. And the fact that your eye didn't catch it just shows me what's to come. Just like Britney's red boots show me what's to come. Y'all really thought... <laughs> Y'all really thought that you were going to let this wild ass Sagittarius out the fucking cage. And this bitch was going to be like, praise God, you know, I just want to be me. You forgot w- who Britney is. Because she's been under, you know, like living under tyranny you forgot who Britney is. When Britney's free, you see this shit she reposting? Do you like the thing that gets me? It's not all the posing videos, it's not the repetitive, like, posing or the repetitive dancing. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know what got me? You know what really got me? The picture of her with her little babies, where she said, with me with my sword around my neck. I said, "Wait!" I zoomed in on that shit, and like a chill came over me, and all of a sudden it was like two thousand, and I was like remembering, like, "Oh yeah, like," you know, Brittany was wild, like Brittany's Brittany's a wild girl. Um, and there and there she goes, you know, fresh off the conservatorship with the with the boots, with the red boots and the cutoffs. Oh boy. And another douchebag. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Hey, some girls just love a Kevin Fetterline. Yo, legitimately, as someone who attracts many Kevin Fetterlines herself. I could smell these motherfuckers a block away, a mile away, 10 blocks away. Um, Some girls just never develop like the immunity to them. Like you, like the first time you meet a guy like that, right? Like the dude she's dating, like Federline, like all the fucking dudes she's ever dated. The first time you meet a guy like that, you like fall for all the shit. You know, they charm you, they're they got like a little bit of like flavor to them. Like they're a little extra spicy, you know, they, their hips move real good. Um, they know, they instinctively know that you really like physical touch, right? So they'll be real physical with you, they'll fuck you all the time. Uh, uh, uh. And they'll do all the things that a dude who is not shit has to do to compensate for the fact that he's a bum. (laughs) And when I say bum, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea, so I'm going to be really specific. When I say bum, I mean a dude who is not about his grind, his money, his career, and his success. If you are not actively pursuing those things... Or you have been in your mind, quote unquote, actively pursuing these things for years and have not been able to create any success for yourself. Either way, you're a fucking bum. Okay. But the thing about bums is that they know they're fucking bums. Okay. And they have no shame. They actually did a study where they like figured out that dudes when it comes to like, you know how dudes will aim way higher than they should, like bitches way out of their league apparently in the male mind, they will never date someone they think is l- l- in a lower league than them, is less than them attractive uh, on um, in terms of looks. Okay? In terms of looks, men will never date someone they feel is less attractive than them. But they will date on their own level and they will always aim as high as possible the hottest girl in the room they think they can get her women on the other hand constantly go for guys who aren't their version of attractive mm-hmm. okay so Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. But what I'm saying is this bitch is starting to be corny again. You see how they talked her into those big ass earrings? You see the outfit she wore (coughs) on the publicity date with Pete? That outfit tells you, okay, that what she's trying to do is that she's trying to continue to ride the wave of Kanye's cool. But if she actually had the kind of style that Kanye has that not a lot of people do, which is why he's a billionaire is because he's an actual visionary and creates style. If she had it, she would have known that that was completely inappropriate for that moment, even if it was just a publicity stunt and that it looked uncomfortably foolish. I don't know how else to say it. She's a beautiful girl who looks incredibly young. Why she wanted to look like his sugar mama is completely beyond me, but I will say this, and I'm going to start doing this a lot. Her earrings on that date are tantamount to Britney's red boots. POV, bottom of the stairs, looking up into the RV while she's kissing douchebag number three. Number four, whatever the fuck he is. Oh my God. Like all you need to do, yo, is hold on to your cool. Keep making like nude underwear and tights and shit. Like keep it, keep it simple. Keep it a buck. Like don't start to veer back into bored Las Vegas housewife style because that was her style before you know <laughs> so we just want to be careful because i see it i saw. Start, i'm starting to see the cracks and i'm just like and here's the other thing so you may think like oh is she being judgy like she has like kids so she can't go on a date that's not what i'm saying at all i don't give a fuck how many kids she had if you, if you want to go on fucking dates and you have kids who gives a fuck just keep these fucking men away from your fucking children please Go on all the fucking dates you want to go on, but please keep these fucking men away from your fucking kids. I don't care what kind of fucking guy it is. I don't care how good of a fucking guy it is. Keep these fucking dudes away from your kids. Please. The amount, listen, the nicest, goodest fucking guy, this guy's such a good guy. All these men are watching porn, okay? Okay. So without realizing it, I'm going to be very harsh now. And honestly, I don't give a fuck because now it's 626 in the morning. You, you you, see how I qualify the shit I do with time? Because it's past the point of being tired. It's past the point of it. This is the second day in a row that I've been up all night working. Like whatever. It is what it is. Listen, these men are being primed. They don't realize it. But the advent of the internet has made mass brainwashing for males possible these men are all watching the same porn you know what i found interesting about that documentary about girls hot girls wanted or whatever it was interesting that they said that if a girl does a movie like that right within like a couple of days like a day or two everybody she knows knows about the video And it doesn't matter, like, where she's from in the world or where, like, if you do that kind of video, if you, if you, or not even that kind of video, I'm so sorry. No, 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 let me be accurate. If you make porn, whether it's like homemade or I don't know what it's called, amateur, like, porn hub, like, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you make, Content of you being fucked or fucking, and you put it on the internet within a day and a half to two days. Every single person you know will know that you did it and probably have seen it. That's how many men watch pornography, that's how voracious their appetite for it is, that's how many different outlets they're visiting, that's how many times things are being shared that even one innocuous video of two people fucking in a sea of millions of hours of content of exactly the same kind, the fact that within a day and a half, two days, everyone she knows would know about it means that even though, irrespective of all the content that exists, the appetite is so extreme for new content that within a day and a half, Every man, basically, that she knows has seen her in that. And, and why is that? Now we explore, like, what, what's the need to constantly consume the new content? Well, it just makes sense. You've given over your libido to an external imagination. Your imagination can't make you hot anymore because there is a screen with make-believe things going on, on it. Things that are not real in your reality with you right now. There are things on the screen that are going on that turn you on, right? Not the screen in your head. Not, the, not your third eye. Not your imagination. Not you going somewhere, jumping somewhere through your third eye and having a sexual experience. Your imagination is switched off sexuality for you is not a creative experience where you think up something that makes you hot and then and then you do things to yourself no for you pleasuring yourself is about giving over your power to this external source of imagery or imagination in this box and it's going to tell you what's hot and it's going to listen carefully now it's going to train you do you understand just like a fucking dog like a pavlovian dog it's going to train you to get wet off certain things to get hard off certain things to be violent at certain thing uh, in certain instances do you understand to want to push things to an extreme in certain instances, to, to want things, hold on, hold on, to want things that have nothing to do with physical pleasure anymore as a man, fucking a woman, to want things that have nothing to do with the physical sensation and pleasure of sleeping with that woman. Being trained to want to do things to that woman that are violent that are incestuous okay that are abusive that are rape simulating that are humiliating the, the there is an urge past the physical pleasure to do more to to hurt And that's being trained into them from the pornography that they're watching. Drink something. I've said this before. Why is it that week after week, the most popular pornography is the most extremely violent towards women? Why is that what gets the most views? Why is that? Because... When you start to train an animal to have certain reactions and to behave a certain way, the only way you're going to keep them on this regimen that you have them on is to keep ramping up the stimuli, keep ramping up what can get them off. Do you understand because the more you concentrate their desire, the more specific you make it, You make their libido, the more specific the button you install to make their libido turn on or work, the more power you now have. The girl that they're fucking with doesn't stand a chance against the content machine that is now dictating what makes you hot and what you do when you get hot. And that, of course, is going to have a direct correlation on everything else you do with that person. Because the truth of it is, the reason it's making you hot when you're watching some dude electrocute and humiliate and you know gag a woman in a video the reason it's making you hot is because in that video that woman is being treated like an object that's what you're being trained to see as sexually pleasurable and attractive but when you do that to the woman that you're with that you have to the next day sit next to or you know um not to be too graphic but if the night before you know, you're sticking a dildo so far down her throat that she's fucking throwing up all over you and then you're making her eat it because this is what you're seeing in porn and this is what's getting you off. And then the next morning she's kissing your kids, like they're you're gonna start to have a disconnect. And I know people personally who in their marriages have started to have disconnect because one of the partners is watching so much porn that they want things done to them that they don't feel comfortable having their partner do to them because they're embarrassed or they're too um there's too much respect, okay? How crazy is this? There's too much respect between the two of them for that person to ever admit, like, yeah, I want you to, like I said, gag me until I throw up, make me eat it, right? Fuck me while I'm doing that. Like, can you imagine? These are the things that we are being trained to want. And and how come all of these things have to do with breaking down the divine feminine? How come? It's like so crazy. Around 7 a.m., if I haven't slept, around 7 a.m., I start to like get like a spontaneous like sniffle. And then as soon as I take a shower, it goes away. But I think like around 7 a.m., my body's just like really bitch. How come all these different scenarios and all this different training is centered around breaking down the power, the grace, the majesty, and the respect of the divine feminine? You know, some of us get to at least be a little bit protected because porn has decided or men have decided or Hollywood decided long ago that blonde white women were the one, or or small Asian women were the ones who were going to be the objects of choice, right? So you have this whole swath of the Middle East and the Muslim world where men are able to look at women right in their eyes and have respect for them because they would never do those things to their wives, okay? So there's still that like, Um, somewhat healthy level of respect and devotion between the two of them. And the woman's not getting treated like a fucking animal at night, I guess, unless she wants to be. Um, But they're able to do that because the medium through which they're being brainwashed, what they're mainly watching, either by choice or by availability, is horrendous shit being done to white women or women who don't necessarily look like the women in their culture. So, so they can create these disconnects now, even between us in terms of race, right? And of course, the same thing is done to, uh, to men. Of course, women who watch porn as well start to segment men off in the same way. And, and I guess the supposition that I'm working off of, the, the overarching supposition here is the degradation factor, now, of course, there are a lot of you out there who would say, yes, but like SNM and bondage and 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 all and this whole like idea of humiliation of it, this is all part of like healthy sexual expression and you know we need to allow all these things and 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 I get what you're saying. And what I'm saying is, I'm coming back to that whole spook idea. What I'm saying is that in a perfect world, you're absolutely right. But when you live in a world where there are nefarious um, entities constantly looking for ways to disarm, depopulate, and um, destroy certain dynamics, certain bonds, certain connections, certain protections, in this case, the males of our species, right?, What's more dangerous and what's more effective at destroying us as a species than to make our, the males of our species see us as enemies that have to be tortured and raped and beaten and hurt. And that is the way to subdue us. It's interesting because that's the route that porn decided to take. Of course, a woman is a force of nature. I get it. It's an ocean. It's terrifying. I get it. But it's porn that decided that the route to address that um, confrontation with power was to try to violently suppress and break it. It could have just as easily been that porn took a, a, a right where instead of left and you know there are many ways to woo the ocean you know like what a closed-minded approach that you think that you got to strap it down to a table and electrocute it to to get some sort of control over it come on you're gonna get a lot more out of the ocean by being nice to it than you ever will by trying to subdue it that's the thing it must leave you so empty too as someone who is really into that kind of porn and therefore into that kind of sex, it must leave you so empty to spend so much tra- time trying to get off by breaking a woman, only to realize that you can't break a woman. That <laughs> you've spent all this time trying to stroke your ego and your libido by trying to break something that is unbreakable. You know, you're 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 looking at a. Uh, plasma tissue muscle hair organ creating machine get the fuck out of my way like like in the most extreme scenario okay so you did all these terrible things to her and then you made her eat this vomit and then you fucked the shit out of her and then you you know did all these other terrible things with all these different toys to her i got it but this bitch is still a woman And she's still a force of nature and you're still completely terrified of her. So where's the satisfaction really? Because you did all of these things to her, but you still can't get what you want, what what you're after here, what all incels are looking for. And that's what I'm getting at is that I feel like porn turns all men into incels. I'm so sorry because you, you will become an involuntary celibate if you can't get off. Won't you? I mean, if you can't fuck without doing that type of shit, because you're watching so much of that type of shit that your libido is now trained to only like that type of shit, wouldn't you by default become an incel when you're trying to fuck in real life? Because how many bitches are going to let you do that? Ah, and that brings me back around, okay? So let me just say, for the record, I don't have a problem with her dating some younger guy fucking some dude with a huge dick and and meanwhile she has a bunch of kids I don't really have a problem with that I'm I'm sure she's smart enough to keep that motherfucker away from her kids I'm sure is smart enough to make sure she does I don't have a problem with that you know what I have a problem with I have a problem with a fucking billionaire badass businesswoman wasting her motherfucking time with some mid- That's it. Like, why is your ass not dating the prince of fucking Argentina or some shit? Like, I'm just being ignorant. But also, no, I'm not. Like, you're just showing your ass. You're showing what you think of you. Like, we always knew that Kanye thought more of you than you think of you. And look at at how much his belief in you elevated you to, like, wow. Billionaire boss bitch status. Like, you are right there. And and the minute that man walks away from you, and you're at your fucking peak, you're fucking crushing everything. You're doing all the things like we even love your makeup. We love your fucking skims. We love all your shit. Like you're doing it, bitch. You're there, right when you're there. This man like steps away for a second, and you're doing like weird soapstone jewelry, like soapstone perfume ads where you can see the mar, like the break in the bottle. Like ah. And you're wearing, like, weird fucking earrings and bright pink outfits. Like, I get it. It's, like, Balenciaga baby. But, like, also, what are you doing? Like, the man just... It's been 10 seconds that he stepped away from you. And all your tackiness just, like, in 10 seconds came back. But, like, you can't be... This is not for play-play. Like, you can't be playing like this right now. You have an entire empire. And instead of, like, being out here, like, why are you not, like... secretly dating some fucking Elon Musk motherfucker why aren't you secretly dating some Jeff Bezos motherfucker why aren't you secretly dating like the fucking you know the crown prince of like Qatar like I don't know like what what are you doing just because you see that Courtney's out here having a good time like it's that deep that you are not like Okay, so what I was saying was, let me drink this coffee. I'm switching from water to coffee. All right, here we go. That people really show you what they think their level is at, which is what I mean when I say when this study said that men always go for people better looking than them. It's because like men are very aware of their worth. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they're just like, no, I can do better. If I can do better, why should I why should I settle? But bitches be settling all the time. Like, it is blowing my mind that this bitch is being such a bitch, like being such a girl. Like, how are you settling so hard? And, and like, the fucking community out here fucking encouraging this shit. It's disgusting to me. Oh, yes, girl. Yes, Scorpio. Oh my God, I can't live your life. Like, instead of being like, you're a fucking embarrassment. You are a corporate powerhouse. Please, let me like set you straight right now. Hold on, baby. Like, let's talk. <laughs> no, I'm serious because you are a corporate fucking powerhouse. You can make the fucking market move. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you were to come out like with the Fendi shit, I'm sure, I'm sure if you take a look at Fendi stock, whoever owns Fendi, I think it's L- Is it LVMH. I'm sure that that skim's drop made the market move. Like, bitch, you have power. It's about drive. It's about power. It's about... You have power. Rock can't do anything wrong. Just leave him alone. He's Samoan and perfect. Um, Although I have to tell you, I just don't like Jason Momoa. I just... I know you're going to think that I'm like a hater, but like, I just don't like the eyebrows. I just can't stand a fucking arch eyebrow on a man. Like, I just don't want to see it. If your eyebrow is more arched than mine, or I don't care if it's shaved and it looks arched, I don't give a fuck. If you have an arch in your eyebrow, I just like, you know, I want to go shopping with you, but I don't want to fuck you. I couldn't get over it. All through Dune, I was just like, this these eyebrows, like, what is this? And like, I know that bitches really like it, but like, no. Although I was really shook by the pictures of him with the crow makeup on because he looked much more like him than I thought. And then my little brother was like, well, yeah, they have the same face structure. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, please don't insult Brandon Lee. But then I like went back and kind of looked at it. And I was like, uh... Anyway, it's about drive. It's about power. Like, it's... (laughs) Like, date someone who will be president. You can't go from someone who was running for president no matter how much of a joke other people thought it was like Kanye's a fucking visionary like this motherfucker's gonna be in fucking history books because of this shit because he probably laid the foundation for the first virtual or viral campaign and it will only like ratchet up and evolve from here you know and and he'll be known as the one who like did it first but like you can't go from that like to this like you 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 fucking trade up never down like what are you doing like oh but it's not serious she's just messing around she's just no come on like it's one thing for courtney to fall in love with her neighbor that's nice like she's always been very like clear like yeah having a career is like fun or whatever but like i love my kids i love design i love like i don't know i just love being alive she's a fucking aries she's like whatever i just want to like do shit that's like nice she fell in love with her neighbor you know they're having like kids probably they're gonna get married good for her like someone got her out of that fucking awful situation that she was obviously really unhappy with with this fucking ex who's always hovering like get the fuck away from me like i get it she got herself like a protective scorpio who's like an older man and like has kids and been through the shit with a crazy ex like yes bitch like okay i get it like you rock and she's rocking and she's happy but it's like kim has no imagination like what why do you think that just because that makes her happy that's gonna make you happy first of all that shit ain't gonna make you happy okay second of all you you look like that bitch in edward's hands when she's trying to like seduce him in the in the parlor because like you look like you're three times his age the way you're dressing he's like almost like as a joke trying to dress like a 12 year old in comparison He's obviously got no fucking respect for you because I don't give a fuck what this motherfucker's image is. Like, yo, MGK has an image to be whatever it is, but he still puts on a motherfucking suit if he's going out with a badass bitch. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you could be punk rock all you want, but still have some fucking respect. Like, why is this motherfucker wearing a flannel and you fucking Balenciaga baby head to toe? And why did you not look at him... See, that's, see, that's what I don't like. I don't like when bitches do this. Like, what happens to your standards? Like, why did you not take one look at him when he pulled up? Hopefully he pulled up and be like, you need to go home and change. Not only can you not be seen with me, it's not even about I'm Kim K. Fuck all that. We could be two nobodies in the street. I'm not walking down the street with you looking like that when I look like this. You need to put put some motherfucking clothes on or I could just go home or I could just go out somewhere else because because no (laughs) because what we're not gonna do is what the fuck you have on right now because you're making me look fucking foolish meanwhile it's you who's fucking foolish and how dare you fucking turn up looking like this where was that why is that not happening because travis barker is punk and it works for courtney so pete davidson looking like a fucking bum is gonna work bitch you're a libra this shit ain't gonna work for you you need some well-thought-out, lots of style, lots of money, lots of success having, motherfucker. That's it. Not some fucking Staten Island fucking fuckboy comedian. Like, I don't with the Staten Island. Don't get me started on Staten Island, guys. Anyway, so that's what I think about that. It's just such a disappointment. Again, not because she has kids. Not because she's a Kardashian. Not because she's Kim. kid. Not because... Because she has a bomb fucking makeup line. Because she has a bomb fucking underwear line. Whatever the fuck that's evolving into a clothing line. Good for you. I'm all with it. She's she's got bomb fucking projects. She should, she should start a couple more bomb fucking projects. You know? I have thoughts. <laughs> but instead, here we are. No imagination trying to just copy what fucking courtney's doing because it looks like it brought her fulfillment and bliss meanwhile you don't realize that your fulfillment and bliss is right there in front of you in your business every time you focus on your business you start fucking crushing it and here comes this motherfucker now he got hickeys on his neck disgusting honestly disgusting and the whole internet like that one toxic girlfriend you have that's the internet that one fucking toxic ass bitch that wants you to make all the wrong decisions so she could uh, cheer you on in your face and then talk about you like a dog behind your back. That bitch, that's the internet. Yes, Kim, yes, ooh, yes, you get your, instead of being like, baby, are you okay? You're going through a divorce, but like, let's remember who you are and what you have and where you are. Let's, let's you know choose from amongst our equals. Like, what is this? And 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 honestly, and, and those of you who are like, okay, she just wants to fuck after her divorce, then why is this public? If that's what you want to do, I don't begrudge you. Yo, fuck the shit out of him. Fuck him for years on the side if you want to. I have no problem with this motherfucker being a side piece because that's what this motherfucker is. I have a problem with you trying to elevate somebody who is obviously out of their depth. And, and, and it's alarming because why don't you know this? And why would you hurt your brand so insistently? Why do you insist on continuing to hurt your brand that you so meticulously created or that your husband created for you over so many years? Why are you taking a sledgehammer to that? From what I can tell, it's made you a lot of fucking money. Why don't you just keep going with that? And leave this fucking nonsense alone. Because this motherfucker, I'll tell you one thing right now. A toxic-ass Scorpio with addiction problems who doesn't sleep? Okay? That motherfucker will ruin your life, turn around the next day, have his Phoenix moment, and keep it fucking moving. And you will not be the same and you will not recover. <laughs> not for a long while okay oh but ariana recovered ariana left him ariana left him because ariana had that intuition okay and that little girl listens to her intuition she'd be trusting her gut like a motherfucker and she was like nope this motherfucker will ruin my life no maybe he's not toxic oh he's toxic oh he oh yes oh he's toxic that's the only type of motherfucker who gets bitches out of his league. You know this, right? The only, the only subpar dudes who get bitches out of their league are toxic dudes. Because some bitches don't know their value and they want somebody to treat them like shit. And the toxic dude is right there to step in and be like, yeah, you're cute, but you're not all that. And the girl, even though she's the most beautiful girl in the world, is like, oh my God, you're right. You're finally reflecting back to me what I think about myself. This must be love. Let me just fucking flush half the value or credibility of my fucking brand down the toilet by being back on my whole shit. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I have to say it. This is why everybody hates Gemini's. So that's okay. We love you, we love you anyway. So, moving along. Okay, I feel like that's enough rambling, but I would like to end with a bit of a chat about connection. So, there have been moments in your life where you were deeply connected to somebody either through love or circumstance, through hate or jealousy, through envy or fear, through trust or obligation, you have these connections and each one of them was meant to happen. And although you have complete free will, the fact that the creator is all knowing means that you were created and given free will. And everything that you would have chosen, you chose right then because the creator has to know all things because the creator is all knowing. So as soon as the thing was created all that the thing would end up choosing or doing was known. That free will, that being with the free will coming into existence, becoming a, almost like a, a shot of new information. And then you spend your quote-unquote life living out those choices. making those connections i bring this up to illustrate perhaps from a different angle the idea of the fountain or perhaps to substantiate it because everything you chose you chose or was known instantly, instantaneously upon your creation, upon the granting of free will, right? You knew, or you have to trust that you knew better when you were making those choices what was best for you and what you needed to learn. Sometimes I think we think that fate was something that was written by the creator, but that wouldn't make sense because free will. The only way fate makes sense with free will is if we chose our fate. And if we chose our fate, then when we strive and yearn, when we hurt ourselves because things don't go the way we think they should go? Aren't we just fighting with ourselves? Aren't we just not honoring the choices and decisions that we've already made? And is that why it feels so bad? because when you are not accepting of life actually what you're doing is not being accepting of the choices made by your higher self perhaps not being in alignment with life is simply about not being in alignment with yourself because your life is just a reflection of your relationship between you and the choices that you've already made and are here to live out. Rewind that. Think about that. The next time... Excuse me, the next time something goes wrong, quote unquote, the next time things don't go exactly the way you want, the next time you think about something you really want and begin to bemoan your fate that you don't have it yet, take a second and honor that higher self that when presented with free will chose another path from what you are currently wanting. Mm -hmm. Trust the fact that the soul that was given free will and chose and made the different decisions, trust the fact that those decisions were made from a pure place and understand that who you are now And the choices you would like to make now and the ways that you would like to alter your fate now are not coming from a pure place. No matter how much you wish you were, you are not coming from a pure place. You are a jaded, tainted, living, breathing human being who has been in this earth experience simulation for a while. Of course you are not making the same choices that your pure soul was confronted with. But you have to trust that that better part of you, the best part of you, made the right choices. Now that's a really great way to look at the idea of equanimity and waiting, you know, meeting at the fountain, it's a great way to look at that concept if you would just like to take out the word God, right? It's a much more agnostic approach, but it works just the same. But instead of God, you replace it with your higher self, which in essence is another way of saying God anyway. So it's all just semantics, right? I never get hung up, hang up, hung up on the semantics. I was laughing to myself today when I was walking to check my mail <clears throat> about the look that my dad kept giving me that night at the mandir when we had to go for my sister in law's mom. She was doing like a puja for something. And when they were doing the puja, they're like, you know, they're like clapping. And I was clapping too. And every time I would clap, my dad would give me like this death stare. And I was just like, you know, you're just going to have to be comfortable with the fact that, first of all, my Islam is not for display, right? Like, what I believe or what I do or what I practice is nobody's fucking business. Please drink something. So I don't have to prove my worthiness as a Muslim to you. And secondly, you know, I'm a cultured, well-educated person, mashallah, like I understand Hinduism very well. I, I mean, I don't presume to understand all of it. I'm not a scholar of it, but I I have some knowledge of it. I'm, you know, I'm versed enough. I have an enormous amount of respect for it, as I do for every religion. Like, you know, I'm I'm down. I'm you know, <laughs> like these labels, these semantics that people like to put. Uh, between themselves and others, I just I'm just not down with any of it. I think all that stuff is bullshit. Like, believe what you want to believe, you know. Um, and it's so political anyway because there are people doing much wilder shit than sitting in a under like sitting in a building clapping and singing a song about about God like like Zoroasters I think no yeah Zoroasters like they put their 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 dead in these like pillars, right? So like the. <laughs> so the vultures can eat them like if i hadn't read that as a kid in the new york times i swear to god i wouldn't have believed it um but like you know what i'm saying and but we're not out here being like oh those people like like come on um anyway so the connections you're meant to have like your your higher self like chose like okay this is the connection that i want to have and i want to have it for this long and this is the lesson that i want to learn from that connection and as soon as i learned that lesson and able to either rehabilitate that connection or let it go or continue it, then I'll move on to the next lesson. And and each of your lessons seems to be tied to a connection. At least that's the way it looks to me. And maybe that's also part of the allure of astrology is that you can learn how to Mm, fine tune those connections, right? It's a very sophisticated way, lens, through which to look at connections and interactions between people. Um, I was watching this thing about the way succession is shot and the camera work that's used and the two camera work that's used and two cameras are generally a comedy thing. And Will Ferrell is one of the producers and the other guy who's producing is also a comedian and it's so funny because it's a drama and it's very serious and it's about finance and business and corporations and <clears throat> you know uh corruption and politics but it is uh produced by these two very funny people and it is shot to camera style like the office uh in a very comedic way where the camera is just as surprised as the viewer uh when things happen and it and uh often is late in catching the action as you would be if you didn't know what was going on. So um, one of the things, anyway, anyway, sorry, that's just why I love the show. Anyway, um, so if you're a fan of The Office, you will love Succession, even though it doesn't seem like they have anything in common, they have a lot in common. But the point is, what was the point? Yeah, one of the things he says in that video that I was watching about the way it's shot is that, you know, essentially it's, it's, it's genius the way that it's done because essentially it's just people in rooms talking, whether it's this room or that room, how many people in the room, what they're talking about, but that's really all that changes. Those are the only variables. What they're always doing is kind of in rooms talking. The nature of the rooms change, the wardrobes change, the nature of the conversations change, the locations change, but they're just in rooms talking so in much the same way you know your life is just a bunch of connections a bunch of people and you in rooms talking and those connections have been placed in a certain order temporal okay linear order in this particular life to teach you a set of lessons. So this is all to say that when you know and you can feel it that your higher self has pushed a connection out of your life, do not let your base self, your back brain, your libidinal self, your sacral chakra self, don't let that fixed earth self win. Trust your higher self that made the decision to banish that connection. Trust that every connection that leaves your life is doing so because your higher self chose for that to happen. Trust the larger arc of the game and the victory, the ensuing victory. So here's the cheat code. If what you want is for your avatar to win, Like, your avatar is like one of 12 playing a game right now. Got it. If you want your avatar to win, if you want to be the best video game character that you can be, if you want to be the free guy, constant, the way to be the best video game character so your person who's playing with you wins is by being completely completely accepting of that which is not freely being given or offered to you. That doesn't mean you can't work towards stuff. That doesn't mean you can't study things. That doesn't mean you can't learn and evolve. It just means that you don't chase and that nothing that you could be given or that you could acquire would change your value and therefore there is no desperation behind anything you want to go and get you understand the only difference between a hot guy and a corny guy is desperation men swear it's about looks but men like to tell themselves that lie because if they really told themselves the truth that it was about personality they would fucking kill themselves because, because studies prove that it's about personality and money for women. But these men, they swear, they love telling you that for women, it's all about looks and height, because they just don't want to confront the fact that it's actually about personality. So, there is that. I like this. I like this roaming. <laughs> you see how much more comfortable I am? I get so uncomfortable when I have to like specifically just like talk about one thing. That's why I love question and answer because it's all over the place because that's, that's how my brain works. Um. Or Or let's say that's how my brain is the most happy. Like even when I clean, like often... If there's anyone around, which usually there's not, but if there's anyone around when I'm cleaning, they're just in a constant state of confusion because I'm constantly moving and it doesn't look like I'm doing anything. It doesn't look like I'm doing one prolonged activity and it seems to take a really long time and it looks like for hours i'm just walking around the house just walking 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 but then like two hours later everything is clean and everything is perfect and everything is organized and everything is polished and everything is vacuumed and every like everything is done 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 and put away but in the interim, it just looked like two hours of like randomly walking around, stopping to chat, stopping to snack. Stop. But like, what are you actually doing? I thought you were cleaning. I've heard that so much in my I thought you were cleaning. I am. But I just saw you in the bathroom. I'm cleaning the bathroom. But now you're here in the closet. Yeah, because I walked by this thing and on my way back, I'm going to hang this thing up. You know, so so I guess that's what we just did. <laughs> I guess that's what we just did but in but in podcast form. Woo woo. So um I'm going to tell you here because I guess I've been looking for like a forum where I could say this and I know that only like the dope people will hear it. So here we go. I just realized that this is where it should be. Um for my birthday instead of going to France because like yeah, all kinds of bullshit, right? Um yeah we're gonna go to portugal inshallah we're gonna go to lisbon from the 19th of may to the 26th my birthday is actually on the 27th but i want to spend my birthday with my child inshallah so um if you would like to come to portugal if you would like to come to lisboa on those dates or on some of those dates um yeah, leave a comment under the Instagram post that I'm going to do about the podcast so we can start to get some kind of like a, a group, like maybe like a Instagram page going where we can like uh, meet up and post photos and whatever. Um, it is a city full of fountains. Um, it is one of my favorite cities. It is magical and it is very economical and there is no mandates of any kind. Um, and all um forms of narcotics are legal and crime is zero so it's like <laughs> yeah we love portugal anyway we also love you i love you the royal we i love you it's your girl dj narc